0: This is the Sooner Sports Podcast. Your all-access pass to Sooner Sports. The Sooner Sports Podcast is presented by
1: Allstate. Are you in good hands? And by Riverwind Resort. Riverwind Resort,
2: the place to be.
0: Oh, mama!
2: What a play! Now, here's your host, Chris Plank. All right, welcome into the Sooner Sports Podcast. We we appreciate you downloading, subscribing, all the fun. Soonersports.tv slash... Podcast. We are joined by a man who, over the next few months, will become not just a regular guest, but dare I even say the co-host of this year' podcast. Toby Rowland, after taking the world travelers kind of path during the off season, fun off season. I mean, I I, I don't just say that because we've had family time, Toby, but you know, we it, there's always been something to keep us busy. It's been uh, entertaining. There's been news, and uh, there's been family time too. So it's been nice, hasn't it?
1: It's been great. It's been great. We started with a bang. With um, you know, we just did the spotlight the other day, and we had those two national championships right at the end of the calendar or the school calendar yes. with uh, men's golf and uh, softball. And then Bob Soups retired. Lincoln Riley gets hired. Skip Johnson gets hired. So uh, we had some fireworks there early in the summer, and uh, did get did get a little bit of R and R. And I think we're all. Raring to go now. I mean, we're at the part of the calendar now, mid-August here, where if you are a football fan. And obviously, if you're listening to this podcast, you are. <laughs> uh, you Every day you wake up and look at the calendar, say, I'm one day closer, up one day closer. And um, it's, a, it's about to get a whole lot
2: of fun. I'm excited about it. You know, and I try to pace myself. And I think even now, you know, to a certain degree, as we tape this, you know, we are – a week away from the start of the college football season with the handful of games on that, you know, that, that, that Saturday and think what uh cow's playing or someone's playing overseas. And, you know, you, you get excited about it, but then you get that full slate of game that starts on Thursday of the five. So we, we still have a little bit of time, but Toby, it's okay to start going all in at least about the sooner. So, you know, I, I know you've been traveling a bit. I know you're going to get out to practice this weekend. I know you read everything. I know you watch everything. What's kind of caught your attention as it pertains to the Sooner practices over the last three weeks? You know, it sounds like
1: that the defense has been um, you know, a couple of scrimmages or the scrimmage and another practice that they had that the defense played really well. And um, you know, I think that's a good sign. It's certainly better than the opposite. Um, I think that in my mind, that is the key to this season. I have full confidence that this offense is going to move the ball and score points. Absolutely. With Baker Mayfield and this offensive line. And I don't know who the playmakers are going to be at skilled positions, but I think they've got them. It's just a matter of seeing who emerges. But if they can be better defensively and hopefully significantly better defensively, then this has a chance to be a. Uh, special team, a playoff caliber team. And I think we started to see that late in the season last year with the way they played defensively against Auburn, against Oklahoma State, some of those games uh, late in the year. And hopefully that momentum carries over. And um, I think Ruffin McNeil is going to make an impact on that side of the ball. I think some of the key guys in the defensive backfield that have been playmakers for them are back, like Jordan Thomas, Stephen Parker and then the battle between Parnell Motley and Jordan Parker sounds like it's a humdinger. So we'll see if they can find a way to get both those guys on the field. I think there are some exciting young playmakers at linebacker. Caleb Kelly came on late in the season last year. and Kenneth Murray sounds like he is ready to go as a true freshman if needed. And, and then up front, I think they have the premier pass rusher in this conference and, and one of the premier pass rushers in America in Obo Ocronkwo. So I think they have a chance to be significantly improved defensively. And what you're hearing out of camp this fall is that they have played well and and forced three and outs and forced turnovers. You know, that might be the most important thing to me is, or certainly one of the most important things, is I, I would love to see this be a defense that forced Many more turnovers than they did a year ago. That was a deficiency of, of the uh, 2016 Sooner defense, and I'd love to see it be a more ball hawking turnover-causing defense this year. So, I guess that would be one thing. I, I mentioned the Parnell Motley Jordan Parker battle. That sounds like that is just, uh, you know, Mayweather McGregor every day. <laughs> Those two guys are just going at it, and that's great because I think they both are pretty good, and so uh, it's better to have too many. Corners than not enough. We found that out last year, so it'll be interesting to see if they find a way to use whoever doesn't win the starting job as a nickel or, or some other way to get them uh, on the field. Uh, we haven't, you know, have, haven't heard a ton about who has emerged as go-to wide receivers or running back. I I have heard quite a bit of buzz about Jeff Bidette, I guess the uh, Kentucky transfer who um, sounds like may, may be a, a guy that you could pencil into the starting lineup. And I didn't realize he's as fast as it sounds like he is. Um, I knew he was a good receiver. I guess I, in my mind, I had him as kind of a possession receiver type guy like, you know, Lewis and some of these other transfers we've seen in recent years, but it sounds like he's a real blazer, man. And so that's uh, encouraging. And then, you know, I'm just, in awe like everybody else is, at the depth and talent that they have on this offensive line, and that's even with the loss of an Alex Dalton here. Um, Seeing who emerges as the starters and how they can creatively perhaps find ways to use all this depth, whether it's just giving guys reps during the game or perhaps having some jumbo packages where you have an extra lineman on the field. I don't know. But they have a wealth of talent and depth at the offensive line
2: position. I heard you having the conversation on your radio show. I believe it might have been yesterday about how creative you can be with the type of depth they have. More jumbo packages. You know, I think back. What was it? A couple of years ago, where they salted away. I think it was the TCU game with the, a lengthy drive. I mean, there. You have depth like this team has on the offensive line, Toby. You hit it on the head. It gives you an opportunity to do some pretty fun, creative things.
1: Yeah, and I haven't been out to practice, and so I don't want anybody to think I have any sort of insight into what they plan on doing an (laughs) offensive game plan. We'll probably stop by at some point this fall, uh, as you and I try to do and familiarize ourselves with numbers, body types, and things like that, but we have not been out there. But in, in just the world of speculation, and this is a kind of a thought train that I heard listening to somebody else's podcast, that made a lot of sense to me, was, you know, Lincoln Riley's an air raid guy, and Baker Mayfield's a gunslinger, and you kind of think of Oklahoma's throw it all over the yard, and maybe they will. They very well could. But I, I, you know, I wonder with this offensive line and the depth that they have, and you've got a fullback in Dimitri Flowers that is one of the best in the country, and you've got two tight ends in Mark Andrews and Grant Calcaterra that I think are really good. I, I wonder if they won't find a way to to go big sometimes. You know, maybe, maybe just see if they can maul opponents and um, move the ball that way, especially against some opponents in the Big 12 who simply can't match up with them size-wise on the, on the offensive line. I wonder if they don't give the ball to – or Rodney Anderson behind a Dimitri Flowers behind this offensive line with some extra bodies in it. Or just or put Kyler Murray back there somehow in a Wildcat or or shoot give the ball to Dimitri Flowers. He so he showed he's perfectly capable of, of carrying it. So, you know, I, I who knows. I'm not, I'm a play by play guy. I'm not an <laughs> offensive coordinator. I have, I have no idea what they're gonna do. But I do think it's interesting. You say, All right, what's the strength of this offense? Well, it's the quarterback and it's the offensive line. That's what we think it is going in. And and how do you take it? And, and probably I throw Demetri Flowers in there because I I think he's a known commodity and it's Amen. certainly going to factor heavily into whatever they do. So uh, you, how do you best take advantage of of that package of what is your best on offense? It'll be intriguing to see if they maybe line up in a in a uh, two tight end set or an overload set and just say, here we come at times, not all the time, but at times, say, here we come, what are you going to do about it? And just run the ball down people's throats.
2: That's one thing that I think is going to be one of the intriguing storylines to follow early early in the season, Toby, and that is exactly what kind of head coach slash play caller is Lincoln Riley. I know that sounds like a captain obvious thing, but if you watch West Virginia – they've kind of progressed over the last few years where Dana Holgerson is viewed as this, Oh, throws it all over the yard, but it's, it's a run based offense and it's really become a power offense. And, you know, I can't wait to see kind of how Lincoln Riley goes about preparing his game plans and what his mindset is as a head coach. And if it's changed from what it was when he was an offensive coordinator.
1: That's a great point. You know, Every offensive coordinator wants to go for it on every fourth down, <laughs> you know. And then, but you, but you've got the head coach there to govern it and to look out for what's best for the team and everything. So now Lincoln has to wear both hats, right? And I think it will be fascinating the first time they have a fourth and two at midfield,
0: you know, or
1: where he's weighing the option of we can pin him deep, or I think I can pick this up. Because he's a Mike Leach disciple. I mean, at least part of his tree is leach. And Mike Leach would go for it every time. He does go for it every time. Or Bob is obviously a little more conservative. And uh, certainly was later in his tenure, I think, as head coach. Um, So uh, that'll be fascinating. The first time he got fourth and a decision to be made, does Lincoln Riley lean more offense or defense. I mean, I think we all think he's going to be more aggressive. I, You know, he loves trick plays, and uh, I, I, he's aggressive by nature. And so I, I think everybody anticipates that they're going to be a little more aggressive offensively and aggressive in those play-calling situations. But you also have to, you know, he, he will, as head coach now, go into the defensive room and face – Mike Stoops and Ruffin McNeil and Tim Kish, and all those guys on that side of the ball who say, Man, listen, punt the ball and let us do our work in deep two. So it's going to be interesting to see him as a new head coach work that out, especially in week two when they go to Ohio State and there could be some huge decisions to be made in
2: that game. You know, it's interesting, uh, Toby. You brought this up and I, you know, you brought this name up. And to wrap up, We get so caught up in wanting to see the new guys, wanting to see the players that haven't played before, but yet here we are, uh, what, three weeks, three and a half weeks into camp, and yet it's just ho-hum, you know, for a guy like Oboe Kronkwo, who, as you said, might be the best pass rusher, one of the best pass rushers in the country. We all feel like he's the best in the Big 12. But yet everyone's so excited about, okay, what about the freshman? What about this guy? What about the opposite side? Sometimes we lose sight of just how good certain players are, and I kind of think Obo's falling into that category.
1: Yeah, you're right. The, the uh, new shiny toys are always <laughs> the ones you want to play with first. So I think that and and the curiosity just to know you know a lot of us a lot of you listening follow the recruiting process and how many stars these guys had next to their name and how big it was to get them on signing day and so you want to see on the field now whether whether they're as good as you think they are and uh, that's understandable I'm 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 with you man I can't wait to see uh, Trey Brown for example absolutely who I don't. I don't think is going to be a huge factor this year for them because they have so much talent at the cornerback position, but Chris, you know, a union high school product who has blinding speed (laughs) and I'm fascinated to see him at some point, either as a punt returner or on the field or whatever the case may be. There's been a lot of talk about, uh, uh, you know, freshmen, especially at the linebacker position in uh, Kenneth Murray, who has, emerged as a guy that looks like he can help out right away. Levi Draper is a true freshman at that position. So I'm with you. But there are the guys like Oboe, like Jordan Thomas, like Stephen Parker, like uh, Orlando Brown, you know, (laughs) Baker Mayfield, who are bona fide superstars that will be the rocks that this team is built around. And I think that kind of is jolted back into your brain when they actually take the field in a game and you see who's out there and you go, oh, yeah, I'm glad that guy's on my team. <laughs> so, um, but those guys weren't, you know. I think mean, Obo, Obo two years ago, was a bit player. right? And learning at the hills of Eric Stryker and every once in a while we'd see him and he had a fun name to say, and that was about it. And now here we are two years later and he's a star. And Jordan Thomas, the same, you know, a couple of years back, he uh, kind of blew up on the scene as as a youngster. And um, Orlando Brown had all kinds of troubles a couple of years ago, and we thought, you know, I wonder if this kid will ever figure it out. So it's a fun process to follow uh, from start to finish.
2: Toby, appreciate all the time, man. Look forward to having you on throughout the season, and it's here, man, so let's enjoy it. Thanks, Blank. Hey, I wanted to take a moment to thank everyone for downloading, reacting, and uh, just all-in-out all sharing the last podcast we did. You know, I there's no kind of ifs, ands, or buts, or surprises. I'm the voice of OU Softball. I'm very proud of it. Uh, I, I enjoy every moment I get with not just that entire staff, but the parents and uh, their, their families and the players, obviously. So, uh, appreciate everyone sharing it. Hopefully, that'll get us off to a great start in 2017. And obviously, we'll have a lot more football to come next week. Is Think about this. Uh, when the podcast drops on Tuesday, we will be less than a week away from the first Lincoln-Riley press conference. Regular seasons here, guys. Enjoy our last non-college football weekend. And until Tuesday, everyone have a great week and Boomer soon everybody. This has
1: been the Sooner Sports Podcast. Make sure to get all the latest episodes online right now at Sooner Sports.tv slash podcast. And make sure to follow us on Twitter at OU on the air.